Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. Hello and welcome. This is Rebecca Robertson. And today we're going to be talking about money management. And by the time you're listening to this, my book will be out there, 10 Ways to Accelerate Your Wealth. So this is a special podcast series to share with you nuggets from my book, um, how to align your finances for an abundant life. Now, money management is a really key piece of that. It doesn't matter if you've got £10 spare a month, £100 spare a month, £1,000 spare a month, £10,000 spare a month. Budgeting, money management, and really your cash flow allocation is crucial, whatever stage or point you're at, because a money mindset affects how that flow of money comes in and the flow of money comes out. And how you manage that money allows either more money to come in and more money to go out. And so the psychology affects your actions. We've talked about money management, um, sorry, money mindset in the previous uh, specialist session and obviously there's a whole sort of few chapters in the book about that um in this session we're going to talk about more practical things that you can do when it comes to money management now I, I can talk about this subject for a very very long time um but I want to give you some practical things that you can do but at the same time I don't want us to sort of get too carried away and then you feel completely overwhelmed you don't know what actions to do so it does depend on what you've done in the past what your experience is, how that's worked for you, and when, where, how you want to apply that to create consistency. So there are things that you can do as a one-off exercise. You might do this once a year, once a quarter, and they're great. But at the end of the day, you want something that you can allow yourself to help you manage your money on an ongoing basis. So some people prefer spreadsheets, some people prefer apps, some people prefer systems and processes or even software that allows that. Now, that can apply to business or personal, and it does de definitely apply to both. So the question really is, is where are your money habits that you currently maybe you thought about in the past? Maybe you've had conversations or you've read pieces of my chapter of my book or you've listened to um, this podcast, like previous podcast session around money, money mindset. How do you see yourself, therefore, showing up when it comes to your money management? What habits do you know that you should be doing and you're not? Now, we're all guilty of this. I know myself sometimes and there's periods when I go a little bit more focused than others because I might have a book launch coming up or I might be taking on a new member of staff or more recently, I bought a or loaned a second horse um, and then my second child went to private school and there was things that, you know, increase and change and we want to allow for. Uh, we might have periods where things get a little bit tight, for example, where maybe cash flow is a bit tight. Maybe that client didn't come off or that bonus we didn't get at work. Um, and so we have periods where we sort of have a little bit more focus and then we have times when we feel a little bit more flush. And our immediate reaction is, what can I spend it on? And I definitely find that it doesn't matter if you're on 10 grand a year or 100 grand a year. Throughout my 21 years of experience, I always find that people will find money to spend their money on. 
And if you get a bonus at work, quite often if someone gave you 10 grand, you'd straight away would go, well, I'm going to spend it on this. Or even if it was £100, that pair of shoes or that coat that you needed, whether you need it or you want it, you'll make an excuse to go and spend the money. And there's a real psychology around um, planning for the future and living for today, which our money management, the psychology around how you feel about that will affect how you manage your money. Now, why is it important, regardless of where, where you come from, your psychology around it, how much you earn, when you have bonuses, when you have peaks or you have flows? The reason it's important, regardless of where you're at or where you come from, um, is because it will put you on a certain path that long term, that as you grow into a role and you earn more money, or as you grow with your business, it means that you have the right flow going in the right ways in the right direction. So imagine a bucket and it's got lots of holes in it. If you haven't got plugs in those holes and you're leaking all over the place, you will get to the end of the month, end of the year, and there'll be nothing left in your bucket. Or in the worst case scenario, to retirement or a period of your life where you can't work anymore, whether you're unwell, you know, maybe you need your focus needs to be taken elsewhere um, to a family member to help somebody else. It gives you limited options. So it's great for living for today. I do believe in having a happy, healthy life. But at the same time, we still have to keep an eye on that future. We still have to look at the horizon and what is ahead of us. And that might be your retirement. And I strongly believe that women need to be financially independent, regardless of their background, um, whether that's religion, culture or, you know, household standing. Um, they still need to be financially independent as possible. And I believe that we should be teaching our children and our grandchildren, females to the same thing, male or female. Um, so. That's why it's important. Why it's not done is because we tend to worry. We worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. We worry about that a little bit later. But again, the things we put in place now are the things that in, after you've done it two, three, four, five, six times, you can look back and you go, oh, wow, that's absolutely amazing. And quite often you have to start small. So don't expect yourself to take, even if you've got a hundred grand sitting in the bank account, don't expect yourself to go from, investing nothing making no financial decisions when it comes to that longer plan and then all of a sudden all the money is invested absolutely perfectly all within a day or so and it doesn't happen like that quite often you might um, open up uh, a different kind of savings account and you might start with a small amount or it might be a smaller monthly amount you might go and see a financial advisor like myself and go through, you know, it can take a few weeks, sometimes months of process around learning and educating and taking you through a handholding process. So at the end, you can make an informed decision. And that's not necessarily a quick decision. You shouldn't be pushed down a certain road too quickly, too fast. Um, but again, you're able to make some decisions. But again, you might not want to do all of that money all in one go. You might say, I'll do 70,000 of it or 70% of it rather than all of it all in one go, depending on how comfortable you feel and your financial situation. But um, again, people don't necessarily go from starting, you know, they've got a thousand pounds spare a month, they're going to start investing on the highest, most riskiest stock exchange they possibly can with a full thousand pounds. You're better off starting maybe at 10 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, and starting on some investing some ways that are just easy and steady. Again, you can see, speak to a financial advisor and get advice around that. And there are two trains of thought. 
one people just want to do it completely themselves they don't want any advice they don't want to pay for that advice and others that that, that do um so again whatever route you take down quite often it doesn't always uh, start with a, a all or nothing um scenario but the nothing is where you procrastinate and you actually end up not making any decisions at all so that's the purpose of this this book and this podcast series is to give you some thought processes and to move you on with your finances so that you can start flowing that money into the right areas so what's really important to think about so there's a chapter in the book called the money matrix and there's four steps within the money matrix there's a, actually a previous uh, um, chapter which is called the money makeover program and that's actually a six six week program and i've broken it down into those um five it's actually five sections um, but I'm not going to focus on that in this podcast that gives, that goes into uh, personal values and budgeting and some really clear neat fun ways that you can get really good with your budgets. But I don't believe um, that budgeting is just budgeting. There is so much more to it than having a spreadsheet with your council tax and your mortgage or your rent on. There is a lot, lot, lot more to it. And um, what I want to talk to you about in this podcast or the remainder of this podcast is the money matrix. And this talks you through four sort of steps if you want to call it that around looking at your money in a slightly different way so you've done the budgeting piece but there is sort of the other side of the coin that when it comes to budgeting what are you budgeting for what is the purpose of this money are you giving it a job and it's really important to give your money a job when you give it a job you are more likely to once you've got it set up and the standing orders going out or the direct debits going out or it, and it's, it's sort of the decision's been made it's more likely that um, you will live within those boundaries you will live within those um those, those sort of uh, decisions being made whereas um if you sort of make no decisions and you think i think i can afford that i think i can do this um it doesn't t tend to happen once you've set it up and it's happened and you've given it a purpose um, you'll forget about it and then you'll look back and you'll look at your account maybe after six months and go oh, wow fantastic I've saved this much money or I've invested this much money and it's a it's in a fantastic way to um, start to build up those pots and I actually do um, have on Amazon um, something called a wealth planner it's called the wealth accelerator planner it's about 29 pounds um, and it actually helps you with a lot of these things that I'm talking about. Um, in, if you've got a business, it's specifically for business owners, but you can use it otherwise. And it gets you really documenting on a weekly and monthly basis what your money management plans and goals are. So going back to those steps, step one is goals and vision. So this is talking through really considering what your goals are, what your purpose is and what vision you want for the future. Now, a lot of people think, well, that's a bit like what's like you know what's that got to do with anything you know oh yeah it's one day i want to live on the beach and one day i want to um have a you know a house um in in abroad and one day i want to buy a big car and one day yeah they've got this big vision board and it's got all these nice fancy things yeah we can go there and like that can happen but sometimes we just need to think about a broader spectrum picture and think about the things that maybe we want for our lives in general, which doesn't necessarily mean materialistic things. It might be a certain standard of living. It might be something for your children, a legacy. It can be more than just material stuff. And those visions will then break down into goals and they can be more medium, short term and longer term. So it can be immediate things that you might want next month or a holiday you want to book for next year, or it can be the bigger things of maybe buying a second family home or buying a bigger house for example 
Um, it might be that you know you have some inheritance or you've got some inheritance and you want that money to grow so that you have a, it don't need it right now, but you'd like it in the future to be worth more and you want it to have purpose and to be growing. So these visions and these goals are connected and it's obviously different for everybody. Then with those vision and goals in mind and knowing what our budgets and what we've got in place and what is spare and what's not spare, and we have to be as realistic as possible with that. A lot of people that earn more money actually just naturally spend it. So we will need to be honest with what our spending is and what Amazon or PayPal habits we might have in place and consider how we're allocating that cash, that flow of money, where we're putting it. So recently I had a client who was overpaying into her offset account of her mortgage. She only had actually about 20 grand left of her actual mortgage. It was more than affordable. She could actually afford 10, 20 times that mortgage. And she had actually over a thousand pounds spare a month. Um, and we talked about the, the purpose of that, like what that gave her, what security it gave her, what concerns it was causing her. Because quite often the reason we allocate and we allow that flow of money and that cash flow of allocation to go in that way is because of some sort of feeling or some sort of habit that we've created or maybe something that's happened in the past that's then affecting the decisions that we're now making today. And for her, she was worried about her job. It's the it's sort of job that you could change every few years. And it felt really great that she didn't have this mortgage in place. So we talked about, well, how much did she need to pay into that offset? She was putting all her money into that offset and also overspending and not really looking at her allocation. So it met, meant that she was wasting a lot of money. And in four or five years time, when she's looking to retire completely at 55, which is a great place to be, that she's not really maximizing her potential while she's at her highest income point. So she'd look back at 55 and go, where did all the money go? I could, you know, I could be living off better now. I could be doing more now um, if I'd done more with the money that I had. And I hear that an awful lot. So in her situation, we then talked through different scenarios of what else could be done with that money. So actually overpaying on the mortgage, not letting all of it sit in the offset account, but having a bulk of it available if what she was to lose her job made her feel comfortable. How much did that need to look like? And once we'd made those decisions, we were then able to look more clearly at what was spare, what did we need to invest? And by talking this through with her, she was able to start making some really clear decisions that were aligned to her goals and her vision and her values. So you can see how this all links together, right? Once you know how much is spare, you can then start to consider when you can start to consider investing or what other things you should be doing, whether it's clearing debt, saving for something, saving for emergencies, maybe um, there's something you want to do for a family member or a charity you, you want to support, or it is a case of wanting to make some investment decisions and starting small. But you have to do those previous steps rather than just picking the number out of the sky. You sort of, it, 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 some people, you can. I mean, literally, if you could commit to £10 and go do it, start investing, it's always a good thing to do. But for a lot of women, they procrastinate about lots of questions like where to start investing, how do I start investing? Um, and they're like, not sure how much, how much should I do? I've got this money there and I've got this money. There's so many questions. So it's really good to break down the different elements of the different questions. And the first point, once you've done the budgeting piece and you know how much you've got spare, you know what your allocation of um, your cash flow is, you plan for that money management, then you can start investing. So it's really important that you take your, your, your decisions that you're making and you break them down step by step. 
So I hope that's given you some ideas. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear your reviews on this podcast. Please go and check out the book on Amazon, which is available as you're listening to this right now, which is so exciting because when I'm recording this, it's not available yet. And that's 10 ways to accelerate your wealth. I'm Rebecca Robertson and you'll find both my books if you search for my name on Amazon. And that's 10 ways to accelerate your wealth, how to line your finances for an abundant life. And you'll find two or three chapters around money management, a couple of chapters around mindset and lots, 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 lots more. There's only over 15 chapters full of content for you. So I've hoped you enjoyed this, uh, this podcast special show today. And I hope you can listen to a few of my other shows And I look forward to hearing from you. Take care and have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.